I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News, and now it's time yet again for the Jack Riccardi Show. Hey, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing swell. Yourself? It's a busy day today in the news. We're going to have to keep an eye on this Atlanta story, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Bring any news conferences or updates that happen on that. We'll uh, carry those. They, they they think they know who the guy is, but mm. they don't have him yet, right? No, they don't have him. I don't think they have the weapon either, so I believe he is... He is assumed he's, out there. Uh, he's at large and assumed to be armed and dangerous. So pretty, yeah. pretty tense in Atlanta. Yeah, downtown Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think about this Kremlin attack on the Kremlin story? <laughs> now, the the deal is that there is video on the internet that appears to show anti aircraft defense systems at the Kremlin shooting down one or more of what they say are drones sent by Ukraine to kill Putin. Mm-hmm. Ukraine says. Russia staged the whole thing as a pretext to do something awful in Ukraine, and you don't know who to believe. You want to know what I really think? Well, I'm, I'm asking you what you think, yeah. Because you, you have a lot of opinions about this particular conflict, I know. Yeah, and I'm not a history expert, but I'm you know reasonably well-studied. Remember the, the attack of the Reichstag in mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Berlin? Not not, I don't remember it from being there, but I've, I've read about it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were covering it, Jack. I know, I know I'm a little older than you, but I wasn't <laughs> Right. Well, many people don't believe that that was actually an attack. I, I think I'm always right. suspect when, right. when, when you're talking about a quote-unquote attack and the very heart of, of any mm-hmm. dynamic where mm-hmm. you would think or, or know that defenses and security is at yeah. its height. It can't yeah. get any higher, and yet... Something just comes flying in yeah. there undetected. What was the guy asleep at the radar or what? Yeah. And and what would Ukraine gain even if they somehow managed to pull that off? So that 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 I'm with you. I think I think the Russians probably put together a little uh, demonstration, a little uh, exercise, and and now we have to watch to see because it's spring and the 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 battle is renewed, and we'll see what they're going to do mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with that. They're, they're threatening retaliatory measures, so they're going to do something. Um, all right, so good afternoon, uh, my fellow racists. Welcome to our show. Uh, join the show at 210-599-5555. I thought we would just get the accusations out of the way right off the bat. Um, there's a lot going on, a lot to talk about, obviously. There's this letter. I don't know if you've heard about this. There's a letter that has been sent by um, basically the senator and the congressman who are the oversight guys for the Republicans. That's Grassley, Chuck Grassley in the Senate, and Jim Comer uh, from uh, Kentucky in the House. And and they sent a letter that was addressed to Merrick Garland and Christopher Wray, and it, it says, we have a whistleblower who is telling us that the FBI investigated then-Vice President Joe Biden in a scheme to bribe Biden in exchange for uh, policy decisions. They paid Biden to get things done in the Obama-Biden administration. And and they're saying, we've got this whistleblower, but what we want is your um, forms and, and records of this investigation because you've never revealed that this was in existence. And now that we we know it is or we believe it is, you need to come clean with us and tell us all about it. It is said not to be China, but they don't specify what the foreign country is. This happened while, or allegedly happened, while Biden was the vice president. Uh, it, it would obviously be the single biggest political scandal 
in American history. It would absolutely be grounds for impeachment. And it's it's a big deal in one sense, and it's really no big deal in another. And let me explain what I mean by that before you get angry at me. If you look at what's going on with Joe Biden and all the stories of the last few days about Hunter Biden, and Hunter Biden is, you know, lower than low. I mean, he's scum, right? I mean, Joe Biden is alleged to have sold access and influence to foreign countries. Hunter Biden has scammed foreign countries using his dad's name and position, um, basically corrupted the very government agencies and safeguards that are supposed to prevent it. He got the intelligence community to cover for him. He got them to write a letter and sign a letter that vouched for him. And the, the, the fact that people who, whatever we think of them, had reached the pinnacle of the intelligence field and were respected in their field would sign a letter vouching for Hunter Biden tells you how, how bad this is. You have a guy who goes to court and and fights paying child support because he says he's impoverished and homeless, but he sells paintings for hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, to foreign nationals and to Democratic Party donors who we know are not buying the painting, right? He is, in fact, as, at this moment, being supported by, and I believe housed by, one of his daddy's big-time, deep-pocket political donors. But imagine imagine you're Hunter Biden and you're claiming, I can't pay child support because I'm unemployed. So my point is, all of this is bad, and yet it's not, because it's a non-story to most people in the media who cover the White House and this president. We've had corruption before, and... The, the, the challenge of a corrupt politician is to not get caught. But you don't have to worry about getting caught if the people that are supposed to catch you in government are your cronies and the people that are supposed to catch you in the media have sworn to protect you, which is exactly what's happening here. This isn't liberal media bias where you spin a couple of facts or you use a word choice. This is aiding and abetting and ignoring the biggest story these so-called journalists would ever have if they chose to cover it. And there was a time when if they weren't covering it, they'd get fired by their news organizations because their networks would not want to be beat to the punch on this story. But they're all just whistling past the graveyard. And then it hit me this morning. Remember when Donald Trump was bragging about how loyal his supporters are and he made the famous or infamous statement that he could go out on a fifth avenue and shoot somebody i'm probably not quoting him exactly but you you get the paraphrase i could go out on a fifth avenue and shoot somebody in broad daylight and i wouldn't lose any voters i wouldn't lose any of my supporters he said he was saying he was bragging about how loyal his supporters are he his brag is biden's truth Biden has the kind of loyalty that Trump only brags about having. 
Now, I don't know if the media and the former CIA directors and the people that signed the Hunter letter and what have you, I, I, I don't know if they're really loyal to Joe Biden, the person. Maybe they're loyal to the, the fact that he's president and they want to keep him president. Maybe they're loyal to the Democratic Party. Maybe they're loyal to what it does for them. I'm not saying they personally have a, a, a love for him because I don't think they do. But Biden has the actual loyalty uh, that Trump bragged about. And the Hunter Biden story is exhibit A of that. And then I've been listening to, and we'll play some of them, there are all these leaks coming out about Tucker Carlson. Now, if you haven't followed the story, since he parted ways or left or was fired or whatever happened at Fox News... Uh, there have been um, video clips, and these are uh, clips of Tucker Carlson not on the air, but on the set. So he's mic'd up, he's on camera, but he's not on the air. He's getting ready to go on the air. It's the behind-the-scenes stuff. Somebody's dribbing and drabbing that out to the public. And then some text messages, same thing. And before we get into what's in them, it's probably coming from inside Fox News. This is probably people in Fox News trying to justify the decision to get rid of him or move on from him, and they're trying to make him look bad. I want to play you a couple of these clips and then see if you noticed what I noticed uh, in in this sort of revelation about Tucker Carlson, who who he really is, what he's really like. So let me play this one, uh, Don. Play cut number eight. He's... He's talking to, um, is this the one with Piers Morgan? This cut number eight. Okay, he's, he's going to be interviewed by Piers Morgan, and they're talking before they go on the air. Listen to this, cut number eight. Everyone in this company is thrilled that you're doing this. I've gotten more calls from people about it. Oh, that's great. But I've got to say, I, I, when I came to um, New York a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't believe how the so Fox has just hired Piers Morgan. Friendly everybody was. It was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, they they really mean it from the owners on down. Yeah, um, it's cool. It's cool to see it. I like that. It's it's a good. You know, people are nice in this company. I think they've always been nice to me. Anyway, with you. I completely agree. Everyone's been very okay, very so friendly far, and so very good. nice, and I really appreciate it. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on. It's, uh, it's yeah. Fantastic. I bet that doesn't change. Of course, yeah. it's just great to have you on my show. I mean, I've been on yours enough times. It's great. I think it's totally cool. So let's, um, is, if we're going to talk about sex, I'd love to hit some of the fine points of technique. <laughs> but, you know, but it's your show. It's totally up to you. We can certainly talk about your sexual technique, especially after your tanning testicles last week. <laughs> Not mine. We'll, we'll speak in more general terms, but I've got something to add. <laughs> so this is um, Tucker Carlson and Piers Morgan you know, yucking it up uh, before they go on the air. And um, the the purpose of eking this out is obviously to suggest that he's not who you thought he was when you watched his show, and you should be glad that Fox got rid of him. Here's another one, cut number nine. You wouldn't? Okay. I'm not, you know what, I'm not qualified on that score, I will say. This is odd his girlfriend was telling me. Just kidding, just kidding, cases is being pulled off the bird. Yeah, the bird. Hey, media matters for America. Go f*** yourself. That's the first thing I want to say tonight. 
Secondly, he was totally kidding. I don't even know what his girlfriend looks like. He's kidding about some guy's girlfriend, and then he realizes that uh, these satellite feeds are accessible. You can you can tap into them, and and he's he's thinking that Media Matters for America, which has been re, uh, recirculating and publishing these uh, excerpts, he, he he's foreseeing that they will try to make him look bad. I I'm watching all this, and I'll share some of the text messages with you, and I. I, I, maybe I'm crazy, but I think Tucker Carlson is looking better all the time. I think he is setting up better and better all the time. I think everything that's happened with him and about him since the breakup with Fox makes me like him more. I always thought he seemed a little uptight on the air. He seemed a little buttoned up, a little tense. I could understand why, given the topic matter. But I look at this, and I listen to this, and I, you tell me what you think. He just sounds like a cool guy to hang out with. He sounds relaxed. He sounds real. This is how I can tell you in our business. This is this is the kind of banter and locker room cutting up and whatever that goes on behind the scenes when you're off the air because you have to be so precise and careful on the air that you allow yourself a little a little leeway and a little uh, blowing off of steam. I don't want to name any names. I won't implicate anybody else. But but you could take things I've said off the air and and play them for people and they might be shocked. But it's just because you're a real person. You're not a, a machine. You're not AI putting out a, a show every day. And I just look at the Tucker Carlson thing. I look at what's happened to Fox since they broke up. I, I look at the ways people are trying to embarrass him. And I think to myself, he couldn't be sitting in a better position. And you have all these offers floating around out there. I don't know if any of them are going to come to fruition. He couldn't be sitting in a better position if he tried. And to me, he looks like a real person who, uh, if anything, I now like even better than before I knew all this or had heard all this. But we'll talk about that. I want to get your thoughts on that and on the uh, the Biden crime family and um, other things that we're going to get into. NBCnews.com, Trump may skip the first GOP primary debates. Former President Donald Trump may not uh, participate in the early Republican debates this summer. Uh, two sources told NBC News. Do you want Trump in the uh, Republican debates? Now, Trump supporters would maybe say he's so far ahead and he's the big dog and he, why should he lend his star power to the, these little guys that are nipping at his heels? But the other side of that is the debates are what helped put him on the map in the first place. The debates are uh, a service to voters that are undecided or un- uninformed. The, um, you know, it, this is where he shows whether or not, uh, he's afraid, I guess, of, of DeSantis or can take him on, you know, head to head. Um, so what, what do you want him to do? Do you want him to be in those debates or do you think he should just stay out of them? Again, these are rumors. He hasn't actually said he will or will not, uh, do these debates. The Republicans are planning a bunch of them. He has uh, apparently said he's angry at Fox, so he doesn't want to do the one on Fox. He doesn't want to do the one at the Reagan Library because they didn't invite him uh, to speak. Uh, Maggie Haberman at the New York Times says he's told people he's too far ahead of his nearest rivals to give them oxygen, so why should he do a debate? He is doing a town hall with CNN, though, so if he has time and interest in that, why would he not have time and interest to, to do other things that Republicans could see and independents could see? And also, isn't it kind of weird that at the moment that the Republicans are getting a look-over or a look-see from voters 
that maybe have not voted Republican before, wouldn't this be the moment to make sure all your product is out on display, right, including Donald Trump? Uh, so tell me where you are on that. Do you want him in the debates, yes or no? 210-599-5555. That's our River City Oral Surgery JR poll. The, the, the stuff that they're trying to use to hurt Tucker Carlson is helping him. So that there's a text message that is supposedly what got him fired. I know there's a lot of theories, and you've already heard this before, but some people are claiming that the text message he wrote right after January 6th was the clincher. Let me read it to you. A couple of weeks ago, I was watching video of people fighting on the streets in Washington, D.C., A group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living ish out of him. It was three against one. Jumping a guy like that is dishonorable. Obviously, it's not how men fight. Oh, sorry, he wrote, it's not how white men fight. Yet suddenly I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him harder, kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. Then somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. This Antifa creep is a human being. Much as I despise what he says and does, much as I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him, I shouldn't gloat over his suffering, Carlson wrote. This is his text. I shouldn't be bothered by it. I should be bothered by it, excuse me. I should remember that somewhere somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. If I don't care about these things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? And so the impetus or the realization that he had to be fired was supposedly from this text. See, I I just I keep watching everything they're throwing at him, and I keep thinking... um, you're not tearing him down, you're building him up. I mean, for example, what he says in this text, if, if, if I'm reading it right, is I started down the road of rooting for something horrible, and then I caught myself, and I came, I came to myself, and I remembered our basic humanity, and that that isn't a, uh, a, a political person uh, that isn't a, that isn't politics that's a person that's a thoughtful take that's not an indictment you you like hearing people realize that correct that or or connect with that and so supposedly the all these things that were being that are being leaked out and you're supposed to be shocked by, you're supposed to think, oh my gosh, well, they had to fire him, to me, come across as things that humanize him. Uh, we're talking about the Tucker Carlson leaks, we're talking about the Bidens, we're talking about the uh, question of whether or not Trump should be in the GOP primary debates, which will start this summer. And as you know, in an election year, you basically start having the primary debates the year before. So even though this isn't the election year, we're going to start the debates. Now, you can argue this from either side. I mean, I, I get the argument that he, he seems to be way out in front. It's his race to lose. 
Uh, if he goes on that debate stage, he, he elevates and brings eyeballs to the lesser candidates like Nikki Haley and, and Tim Scott and, and whoever else. I can also, however, say if Republicans are taking that attitude that we talked about the other day, which is the most important thing here is to win. The most important thing here is to, um, stop the crazies from another four years. Then voters need to make sure he still has his fastball. They need to see him on the stage vis-a-vis these other people. So I think you can argue it either way. I'm curious to know how you feel about it. Are you interested in seeing him in it? Do you feel like I already know what he's going to say? I don't need him. 210-599-5555. And Chris is on the radio. Chris, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. How you guys doing? Uh, we're, we're all doing well. It's really just me, but we're all doing well. <laughs> well, my opinion on it is I don't think that he has to throw his hat in the ring just yet. I mean, asking him to do so would be like having to ask a one-time reigning heavyweight champion to start over as an amateur. Trump has done proof what he could do for the country. We were so much better when we were under Trump. Look at mm-hmm. how quick, you know, the country has gone to hell in a handbasket under the Biden mm-hmm. regime, under lies, you know, thievery. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the least of the words I can put it. I think if he were to go ahead and start competing right now against the other Republicans, Trump not being that well of a speaker would put a magnifying glass on him. We know what the man can do. There's no reason mm-hmm. why we should, you know, take any kind of credit from him. Let him do what he's going to do at his pace. Mm-hmm. So in other words, he his best argument, you would say, I guess, Chris, his best argument is the the four years he was president. They that speaks for itself, without a doubt. I mean, that's my yeah. opinion. Without, I mean, my business. But I mean, what would be wrong with going on stage? What would be going on wrong with going on stage and saying, "You guys that are running against me." can talk about this hypothetically, but I've done it, and here's what I did. Here, here's something I've done that none of you have done. I mean, why wouldn't that be very powerful for him to do? My opinion, he's already got the crosshairs of every demon rat in the United States on him. And then anybody else that is not on Trump's bandwagon would also go ahead and use that as ammunition. Mm-hmm, Me, mm-hmm. Yeah. keep your aces up your sleeve, wait until time for the card game, then you pull them out. Okay. Now that's that's that is a good point. I mean, anything he does in the debates will be used uh, by the Democrats and by the media. Uh, Chris, thank you. Appreciate it, sir. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. The River City Oral Surgery Jr. Poll. Do you want Trump to do the GOP primary debates? Yes or no? John is on the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, John. Good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Um, we have an issue here where they want Trump to be the candidate. So they can arrest him in September, October time frame after he gets convicted on one of these kangaroo court trials, and we will have mm-hmm. nobody to be mm-hmm. the candidate. They won't let the vice president mm-hmm. be candidate because some blue mm-hmm. states will say, well, he's associated with a criminal. So we're, mm-hmm. we're putting all our hope in Trump when they have no intention of letting Trump ever win mm-hmm. or be elected. Mm-hmm. This is all just a big game, and we need to wake up and say, look, guys, we're being led down the river, and there's mm-hmm. no way they're going to let Trump win. 
And if it mm-hmm. does, it'll end up in jail. And then we got Kamala and, and, and Michelle Mybell as the vice president. <laughs> The media really, you're, I mean, you're right about this, John. You, you, there's no question. They want the, the rematch. They want it to be Trump because they're loaded for bear and they, they know exactly what they're going to do. And it will be harder to run that playbook on, on anybody else. They'll still try to do that. They'll, whoever it is will be worse than Hitler and a racist and, you know, all that stuff. But, but I mean, you're right. They, they, this is the matchup they want. I think that's a good point. Thank you. Um, yeah, you bet. Here's a here's a thought about uh, if you don't do the debates, okay? So say you 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 like Donald Trump, you support Donald Trump. L- l- let me give you something to think about if he doesn't do the debates. Picture what the debates will be about. No one will talk about him, okay? There'll be no talk about him other than the moderators will bring him up, but none of these other people running are going to talk about him, and because he's not there. The, now the elephant in the room is Ron DeSantis. If he's not there, the other candidates will have to engage and possibly attack Ron DeSantis. And that elevates Ron DeSantis. That makes Ron DeSantis look like he's the leader of the Republican Party. It, it's, it's not that he can't handle himself in a debate with Trump, because I'm sure he could, but it really is much better for him if Trump isn't there, he gets to be the biggest guy on the field. And so if you're, if you're sort of gaming this out, I don't know. I can't really imagine. I mean, I don't know anything inside. I don't know. I don't know Donald Trump, but I, I, I kind of can't imagine that he would be at home watching DeSantis become this, you know, huge figure. Everyone's on him. Everyone's attacking him. He's the center of attention. He's bragging about Florida, and nobody's talking about Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump would have a problem with that. I think he's going to wind up doing all these events. I think he's going to be at all of them. And I think he will be, whether it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, because it's the Trump thing to do. He can't not be the center of the conversation. And, of course, um, to, to John's point, he believes this election should be about the four years he was president and what happened and what happened in 2020. He's the only one that's going to bring that stuff up. Though if he's not on that stage, then it's not going to be about that. I take you on a trip beside the ocean and drive the top of Chesapeake Bay. Ain't nothing like the sky that knows a potion. The moon will send you on. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess the tune. Is it Starbuck? Is that the name of the band? Starbuck? You win the prize. It's Starbuck. I think that was their only hit, right? Yeah, I think they had some soft hits, I think, but this was the biggest one, 1976. Moonlight feels right. I, I do like that song. Uh, it's very descriptive. And this just sounds like a... I'm just going to say this, and I, you know, because I think I think people are thinking it. Kind of sounds like a makeout song. And there's nothing wrong with that. This is one of those songs that we talk about that cut into the airwaves. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It does have that. Yeah, it does have some of that. All right. Uh, They can't give it away in Houston. They can't give it away. What is it? Bud Light, owner of a bar in Houston, telling Fox 26 
that they are backing it up in the storeroom and they can't sell it. We can't give it away. He says he didn't boycott Bud Light, but his customers did. And many locations are reporting decreases in sales, even more dramatic than the ones the company is reporting. I think we told you uh, last week it was 26% down, the week before that 21 uh, so it's it's declining and the decline is speeding up, and um, there are places that have stopped selling it. There are places that are discounting it. In fact, I also saw a story today that said Anheuser Busch is actually uh, giving it to uh, distributors. So they're they're trying to regain market share by basically giving it away, not directly to customers, but to the distributors who then can sell it at a greatly reduced price or a very slight markup uh, to the businesses. Now, look, that might that might buy them a little time, um, but you realize this is this is sort of that moment where we see that there is something called, I don't know if you want to call it a silent majority, that's an overused term. I might call it maybe a normal majority. But people who, they hear all this, they see what's happening, and their silence is mistaken for agreement or acquiescence. Like the fact that most people didn't care about Dylan Mulvaney was taken by some people to mean people are okay with this, people are comfortable with this, it's okay. But when you look at these numbers, I, I, and I don't know enough about the beer industry to know, it seems like that's a pretty dramatic drop. Like, I wouldn't think that a, a mainstream brand would see any double-digit variations just in a week. You know, I would think it would be very, very slight variations week to week, and there might be some seasonal stuff, but that would affect all beers and beer drinking in general. This This brand, this company has taken a hit. And, of course, you can do the glass-half-full argument and say, well, Jack, it's, if the numbers you're reporting are true, doesn't that mean that three out of four Bud Light drinkers are still drinking it and they're just fine? Yeah, it does. It's true, too. But I think when you start to wonder sometimes, am I the only one? Has the world gone crazy? Does anybody else feel the way I do or see what I'm seeing? Numbers like this indicate you're not alone. You're certainly not alone. 210-599-5555 or jack at ktsa.com. All right, I'm going to play something for you. I don't, I don't think this is real, but I'm going to play it because I think it's very funny. Uh, this is out of England, and a guy goes to his door. He answers his door, and there's a woman at the door who he doesn't seem to know, but who seems to know him. And more precisely, his little girl. He has a two-year-old daughter. And listen to the... Again, I think it's funny. I don't think it's real. I think somebody did a very clever parody or comedy routine. But this is what it sounded like. Cut number 11. So you come to my house to complain about my baby wearing pink. I was just asking, really, why you keep putting her in pink and not other colors? Well, traditionally, girls often wear pink. Well, I think you'll find that was back in the day. I don't think it's today. I think you can wear any colour you want now. Well, just, well, no, you can. She, she uh, just, she uh, doesn't just. She, ha- she, she has other like clothes as well, but her favourite colour is pink. Well, I've only ever seen her in pink, and I think that's 
not allowing her to have freedom of what, what gender she wants to be. She, freedom, she's, like, she's a baby. She's not a baby. She's, she's a baby. She's two. She looks a lot older than that to me. But anyway. <laughs> well, hold on a minute. What's any of your concern? Well, it's my concern because I believe that the world has got better since we've got all this fluidity with genders oh, and okay. different types of genders now. Okay. And I think by dressing someone in pink, if, if she doesn't want to be a girl when she's older, she wants to be a trash or transgender or whatever, then she'll have been dressed in pink and you would have confused her. Mm, so yeah. I think it's nicer to dress people in all different colours. I mean, she'd look beautifully in yellow, wouldn't she? Let's well, be honest. Well, yeah, she's wearing yellow now. Hey, baby. She is. I haven't seen she was sorry. But she's got pink trousers on with rainbows on. Now, I do like the rainbow. I definitely like the rainbows on her Yeah, I think, this I, is, like I think this is made up. But I, I was listening to it, and I was thinking... Wouldn't you just this this woman would get a face full of door from me? I mean, who the hell are you? I don't know you. Why are you watching my kid? I mean, is it not creepy that that a stranger would have observed and tracked the uh, wardrobe choices of your child? But I don't think it's. I think what they're trying to do is illustrate the absurdity of other people. Uh, interfering with uh, and and imposing on uh, parenting. If it is real, it's spectacular. I mean, it is it is crazy. And again, I I'm, I'm sure as you listen to it, you think either of comebacks or you just think I wouldn't even get the guys being so patient. I mean, why are you even standing there with the door open? Can you we, don't know her. Can we play? Right? The, can we play the audio where he uh, exposes the color of her? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Play that part. Yeah, he he calls her out on the color of her eyeglasses. That's good. Okay. 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 Firstly, yeah, you're wearing pink glasses. Okay. I think you'll find these are mauve. Are you colorblind? Mauve. These are mauve. What color are these, young lady? Yeah, she says pink, but they're not pink. They are mauve. Mauve. Mauve glasses. I don't think she should call her a young lady since we don't know if she's going to be a woman or not yet. Dare she presume that about my two-year-old? All right, well, first of all, as we mentioned, um, should there be any developments or updates from Atlanta, we'll have those. We'll bring you those uh, throughout the afternoon. I don't think we've heard anything new on the story, just that the guy is still at large mm-hmm. and considered armed and dangerous. Uh, I know that you, uh, you, you, we and I talked about the draft, and so I know you follow it to some extent, mm-hmm. and you, you're aware of, of the Kentucky quarterback, Will Levis, falling further down in the draft than was expected. He was a big-time SEC quarterback, but he went in the second round to, to Tennessee, was not one of the big, you know, high-powered early selections. Yeah. i got to ask you a question, because you've, you've lived in a lot of different places. Had you ever heard of the mayonnaise in coffee thing before? You know what? I have, and I don't remember where that was, but it probably has to do with the fact that I got so nauseous after I heard it. I just blotted it out. What's that got to do with Will Levis, though? Oh, well, a, a video of him went viral. He he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Oh, that's why he slid. <laughs> well, I mean, people are saying that, but I, I can't. that can't possibly be true. I mean, oh. NFL teams draft guys with criminal records. I mean, it's not it's not like the mayonnaise would be the reason, but... But I, I just I, I feel, I'm, a, I'm a big time coffee drinker. Yeah, likewise. I have never heard of that. Yeah, I, and I can't. I'm I'm like you. I mean, just the thought of it is nauseating. 
Well, put yourself in the shoes of an NFL scout. You're in Indianapolis back in February yeah. for the scouting right. combine. You're looking at Bryce Young and Stroud right. and all these guys, and here comes Levis, and you know one guy's got iced tea, the other mm. one's got Coca-Cola. Mm. This dude mm. over here... Mm. Mm. Yeah, you know, six five. I don't know that park. he actually mayoed it up in front of the scouts. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I, he he talked about it openly. He didn't try to hide it. Mm. He even he even shared that he he prefers Duke's mayonnaise, uh, Duke's brand, which which I do too. By the way, it's it's a great brand, but but not in not in coffee. I mean, no. good lord, not even if there's nothing else to cream the coffee with, just drink it black. Don't no, do not do that. You know, uh, on the mayonnaise, and I love mayonnaise. Not necessarily. I mean, Miracle Whip. I was into that more when I was younger. But um, as far as mayonnaise diversity, if you go to Europe, mm. you'll find a mm. lot of people uh, mm. put mayonnaise on French fries. That's okay. And Sorry, I can. I've say, done that. It's a little unusual. You try, and it's yeah. okay. That that can not work. Bad. It's kind of like sour cream on a baked potato, not too far off. That's in another universe, though, from putting it in coffee. That's exactly. This is. I don't know I mean, where that came from. I just yeah, like what in what circumstance would you have even tried that? You know, the old joke about who was the first person that ate a lobster. I mean, like what in what mm-hmm. universe did somebody go, We need to see how this works? And sometimes that pays off with like, okay, pancakes and, and maple syrup and sausage together. Wow. You know, you might yeah. not think of that, yeah. but yeah. mayonnaise and coffee, I'm just mm-hmm. going no. I'm going black. I'm good. I I wouldn't draft him at all. I don't <laughs> yeah, want him right. on my team. All right. Jack Riccardi, late afternoon show, two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. The rumors are that uh, former President Donald Trump will skip at least the early Republican debates that start in a matter of weeks. And it's not official, but reasons being given include he's unhappy with the location of the one at the Reagan Library, uh, that he's angry at Fox News right now. He doesn't want to do one with Fox News. He uh, feels he's too far ahead of his rivals. We had a couple of callers mention maybe he doesn't want to give uh, oppo research material to the Democrats. But I, I, I want to ask you, I mean, is it important to you that he, you know, take on DeSantis and, and show what he has? And, 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 and do you need to hear from him? Or we did have a gentleman call last hour and say, you know, I, I, I've heard enough. I know. I saw him as president. I've heard him before. I don't need him in these debates. Where are you on that? 210-599-5555. When... Um, Joe Biden was the president-elect, and he was naming his cabinet. He announced that a man named Anthony Blinken, or I guess it's Antony Blinken, would be his secretary of state. Blinken was his national security advisor when he was vice president. It didn't raise very many eyebrows at the time, because Blinken is kind of a, you know, in the inner circles kind of guy. He's known by the right people. It was not a controversial choice. But now people are wondering, just what was this guy's relationship with Hunter Biden? Senator Ron Johnson says that Blinken lied to Congress about never having emailed Hunter Biden when he says, Johnson does, we now have those emails. And the emails involve Hunter Biden bringing people This is when Joe's the VP, so 2010, 2011, 2012. The emails involve Hunter Biden bringing people to Blinken and saying, hey, I I would like you to talk to this person or that person 
um, meet with them, hear what they have to say about this or that. And it, it starts to look like Blinken was the gateway for the Biden influence selling business. Apparently, Blinken's wife, who also works at the Biden White House, uh, her name is Evan Ryan, uh, also has emails uh, going back and forth uh, with Hunter Biden. And Hunter Biden is doing things like putting people on the guest list for White House dinners and stuff like that. Now, remember, this is when Obama is president. And remember how we thought that even Obama didn't think much of Biden and there were some rumors that Obama had told jokes at Biden's expense that he didn't think very highly of him. Certainly one indication that would be true is that when President Obama was coming to the end of his second term and he was term limited, uh, he, he didn't entertain Joe Biden as a successor. The, the, everybody's thought process went to Hillary Clinton, which is a pretty big diss of your own vice president, but it, it, w- it would be consistent with the idea that Biden wasn't somebody they trusted or thought very highly of. So on the one hand, you have that image, right? On the other hand, Biden's son, who is already, you know, even in 2010 and 2011, we know he's a ne'er-do-well, is putting people on the White House visitor log, is getting people into meetings with the National Security Advisor. I mean, look, I'm not saying that's proof that they sold the office, but that is smoke. And you need to look for the fire. And the, the the most interesting or salient thing about the Hunter Biden story and now this Joe Biden story that's breaking today about the FBI having opened an investigation is not the political corruption or the attempted selling of influence. It's not even the corruption of our justice system, because I think we we were already aware of that even before. Maybe more people are aware of it, or maybe it looks now even worse than we thought. But but the, the, the most interesting sort of standout feature for me is that people whose job it is to discomfort the comfortable, people whose job it is, who, who are supposed to make a living breaking stories, and who at one time... The news business was so competitive that the the number one reason you would not sit on a story or suppress a story, even if you were sympathetic to the politician, was because you could not afford to get beaten by a competitor, by another network, by another news magazine. And your bosses would have your head if a direct competitor got the story before you, and you had it, and you didn't run it, you didn't bring it. So the most interesting thing is that they're all kind of cooperating and colluding to treat this like it's no big deal. So right out in the open is potentially a major political corruption story. And instead of competing to tell it, they are conspiring to kill it. Or to put it another way, they're covering all right. They're completely covering it covering it up. And if that's true, and I'm, I'm increasingly convinced that it is, then that's where people's sort of hopelessness really kicks in. Because it's one thing to say, aren't there any good candidates? Aren't there any good people in public life? Um, it's another thing when you realize that you're not even sure 
of like, is today really Wednesday? You know, because the people that you have to trust just for baseline stuff, like here's the unemployment rate, or here are the results in the election, here are the vote totals, here, you're not sure now about stuff you need to be sure about. I mean, you, you form opinions based on facts, based on news. You've got to have that to form those opinions. So we'll see. But um, it looks to me like Joe Biden has loyalty toward him, toward his presidency that Donald Trump only dreamed of. And when Donald Trump said, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, it turns out that's not true. Joe Biden looks like a guy who could. So the the mayonnaise and the coffee thing, I'm just curious, do, do you have like an unusual condiment habit that maybe other people don't understand or that, I mean, you may not want to tell me, you may not want to share it with the world, but I, I've never heard of that. And I can't imagine it. And I like coffee and I like mayonnaise, but wow, I can't, can't see that. Uh, is, there, is there something you want to tell us about? You want to enlighten us? 210, five, maybe, maybe it'll sound good. Maybe we'll try it and we'll like it. Not that one though. 210, 599, 5555. So we're looking for your, your, uh, ketchup habits, your, your, uh, your mayonnaise habits, your mustard habits, your Dijon habits, whatever they might be. Let's remember it's a family show. And then um, we were talking a little bit about uh, this this Trump question. Do you want Trump in the debates? And my thinking is he will do them. He, they may be saying he's not going to, and that that in itself is very Trumpy, right? Like you create drama and willy or wony, and then you show up and you do it anyway. But I I think he has to do them because he has to be talked about and he he has to make his case and the thing that will be devastating to him is how how it will go if he's not on the stage i mean you may be right he's maybe way ahead he maybe doesn't need to engage these people and 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 so forth but he will watch and they will not be talking about him so i think he'll be there 210 599 55 or jack at ktsa.com. Jennifer says, um, I like yellow mustard on my scrambled eggs. Learned it from her dad. Says her husband puts mayo on beans. You ever hear of that? Mayo on beans? I mean, that doesn't sound awful. I, I, I could see trying that. The coffee, you'd have to, like, tie me to a chair. I couldn't, you know. But the the beans I would try, and the mustard on the scrambled egg sounds all right. I mean, I don't think I need it, but I could see where that would be okay. What do you have? 210, see see if you can beat mayo and coffee. 210-599-5555. Peter is on the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, Peter. Nope, we just lost Peter. Okay. Um, Yeah, I... I will, I'll give you mine. This is not real exotic, but people do make a face and you should try it because it is good if you've, if you've not. If you're a coffee drinker, have you ever sweetened your coffee with honey? And I, I learned about this in a book. And apparently it is something that people do like in New Mexico and it's, it's, it's sort of a, a, a regional thing. And I tried it and it is good. 
it's not necessarily better than sugar, but I guess it would be an alternative if you were trying to cut down on sugar. It's pretty, it's pretty tasty. Uh, but that, you know, again, I don't think that would be anything people would skeeve out about, right? You could say yes or no to it, but I mean, the mayonnaise and the coffee, I watched the video, and I mean, he's just, he's got the squeeze bottle, and he's just like, you know, loading it in there and then stirring it into the, you know, can't even, can't even imagine that. We'll see what we come up with here. 210-599-5555 on KTSA. The um, Jack Chat line is also open. Quick reminder, if you are ever listening to our show when it's not live, when we're in podcast form, and you want to leave thoughts, leave a comment, participate in the conversation, you can hit the Jack Chat line, 210-599-5550, and leave your first name, your city or town, and your comment, and we'll play those back later on in the show. You can use it. During the live show, too, if you're just not able to call in or you have a job where you're not supposed to be calling talk shows, you can't wait on hold, whatever it is, 210-599-5550. All right, let me try Coletta here. Coletta, is that you? Yeah, this is me. All right, Coletta, like... what, do you, uh, what do you do with condiments that we might find unusual? Well, uh, you had already mentioned it, that Europeans, and I'm originally from the Netherlands, Mm-hmm. And we like our mayonnaise and patate frites, which is French mm-hmm. fries. Mm-hmm. And, and also honey and good. tea. Honey and tea, yep, I've done that. That's good. Have you ever tried honey and coffee? No, no. <laughs> I like my sweet and low. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. It's actually, it, it's surprisingly, it's pretty good. I mean, it, it, it does for coffee the same thing it does for tea. It just, it adds a nice, uh, Kind of a nice, different kind of sweetness. Yeah, the mayonnaise on the French fries is that's pretty good. I've, I've seen people even swirl like ketchup and mayonnaise together and, and dip it in that. That's pretty good. Yeah, I don't think yeah, you're too. I don't think you're too out there on that one, Colette. I think you're. I think you're right in the mainstream <laughs> on that one. But I'm glad you called. Thank you. The question I asked is not. It doesn't work as a question because you're. If you were somebody that did something as crazy as putting mayonnaise in coffee, you would not say that on live radio. So I'm getting things like people put, you know, salt on their hot dogs or just goofy. That's not that's not a weird use of a condiment. That's a normal use of a condiment or something like that. I, I, I like ketchup on a lot of things. That's not weird. So anyway, I was probably, I, I think I, I, think I uh, overthrew the receiver on that one. That's too hard a question. Can't get people to fess up to something like mayonnaise in coffee. What would you think if your uh, child ate a lot of um, green vegetables? You'd probably be thrilled, right? Because it's hard to get them to eat vegetables. And um, I doubt that you would think what this woman in Louisiana thought and said when she was testifying before the Louisiana House um about transitioning your child this is this is crazy this really did happen though unlike the lady in england we're not sure if that was real uh listen to this cut number four 
had anxiety and would never sleep and we couldn't figure out what the problem was. We took him to specialists and um, neurologists and he had brain scans trying to figure out why he couldn't sleep. Um, then uh, as he grew, he got to sleeping, um, but his food choices were odd. They were always like green vegetables, raw green vegetables, which if you know kids, most kids don't like to eat those things. Um, and then the precocious puberty. Um, all of those things, once we figured out uh, that he was transgender, when he came to us and told us uh, that he was transgender, when we went back and realized that the pattern of everything um, that he had experienced as a child, including eating green vegetables, because that boosts testosterone, were just methods of his body trying mm. to become who he was meant to be. His so, brain does not matter. All right, so she has a daughter. She is claiming that she knew her daughter was actually a boy because, among other things, her daughter liked green vegetables. I'm sure there are kids. I know it is rare. But I'm sure there are kids that just happen to like green vegetables. Maybe they like salads. Maybe they like a nice crisp cucumber. Maybe they like, I don't know, they're just, they're, they're pro somewhere in the world is probably a kid that likes broccoli. I mean, loves broccoli. Like, sec let me have seconds. And if your kid did eat green vegetables, how are you going in that direction with it? Uh-huh. Uh, here's a, another one, um, another woman who knew in her heart that her daughter was a boy, cut number five. Um, and then, I sorry, I was Christmas shopping for them. They were 18 months old, and I bought one of those toy tool benches, and I was making the joke that, well, when one of them comes to me and says they're a man when they're 18, I can't say I didn't see it coming, just because they kind of did draw the boy toys. And I was just making a joke. But I am so glad I said it out loud, because I have that in my mind now that at 18 months old, something, something somewhere was telling me what he knew all along. Sure, of course. Okay. Um, but so when he could start talking, he articulated to me that he was a boy. Mommy, I'm a boy. Mommy, I'm a boy. And both of my kids did. Mommy, I'm a puppy. All that. It's, it was very different. Mm. Hold and on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. What? Why didn't she go with the puppy? I, I'm confused. When, when, the, when the little girl said, I'm a puppy, <laughs> oh, no, you're not. When the little girl said, I'm a boy, oh, well, I knew it all along. Well, I, these people are mentally ill. I'm not talking about the kids. God bless the kids. God pray for the kids. But these people are mentally ill. They are re, I guess, airbrushing or rewriting their own past actions to justify pushing children into sexual transitioning. They, they sound like they're not trying to convince us. They sound like they're trying to convince themselves. This woman also said that um, she's going to start the gender-affirming care, as they call it, at 11. Gender-affirming care. Because it's literally the opposite of that. It's mutilating the gender you are 
and surgically hacking you into the gender you think you were meant to be. It's insane. And, I, I mean, we've talked about this as a political issue, but it's heartbreaking. Just as a parent, this is heartbreaking to me. You know, I hear stories every day, and I know you do too, of people who have a child that needs a surgery, heart surgery, brain surgery, cancer. You see the ads for St. Jude's on television, and you're, you know your heart breaks. You don't know these people, but you relate to them as parent to parent. And there are people whose children need medical care that either isn't affordable or isn't available or or the child is too ill to get the, the thing. Or the, Your heart always goes out to a parent, another parent, and you think they're but for the grace of God. But these parents are doing this to their kids. And I, I think there is some uncertainty about what, what well, what are we supposed to think of this or what are we supposed to do about this? Like, do we, do we sit back and we go, well, um, I, I don't want the government interfering with parents and, uh, parenting. And so as a conservative, I'm just going to say, well, it's up to them. Or do you feel compelled to say, hey, this is where there has to be some laws. And what about the medical community? Why aren't they stepping in? Why aren't they refusing to do something that's so clearly crazy and has no basis and the answer is well there's money in it is it child abuse to hear these women talking about what they're going to do or have done and you want to believe that um people like this are going to um maybe come to their senses or they'll get up to the they'll step up to the brink of the abyss and then they won't be able but but of course we know that it happens. And imagine the amount of um self uh, imagine the amount of um self coaching you would have to do because as a parent to to convince yourself this is what I'm supposed to do this is what my child wants and needs me to to do gender affirming care you've got to tune out all the other stuff you've got to tune out all the people that are telling stories of remorse and regret and horror you've got to pretend you you, you know like you've got your hands over your ears no nope, no nope, don't hear that don't know anything about that that's all fake i just can't believe anyone would do that to a child to hear them tell their stories and they just i'm sorry they sound they sound mentally ill they sound deluded they sound self-absorbed have you noticed that the stories they're telling about their children are really stories about them i i saw this and i thought that and i bought this and i did this and i is it possible i'm just throwing this out there i don't know these people and you can't generalize about every case, every situation, but are some of these people that really just want attention? What's that thing? Um, is it Munchausen's? Is that what it's called? I may be off on the name of it. We've talked about it in the past. There's a, there's a, there's a condition where a parent will fake or play up 
an illness or a condition. Sometimes they lie about a diagnosis. My child's been told he has cancer. Sometimes they will actually make their child sick. You know, they'll actually introduce toxins to create symptoms where a child has to keep going to the ER. I think it's Munchausen's, right? I think that's what it's called. Is that sort of what's happening here where in a, in a quest for stardom and attention, these, uh, in this case, these mothers are claiming, oh, I'm here, I'm testifying before the, the legislature, I'm telling how bravely I, I am forging ahead with my child's sex change operation because I'm so enlightened. I'm such a good parent. See what a good parent I am. See what I'm doing. See the lengths to which I'm going. See how tuned in I am. My child was eating green vegetables. I knew what that meant. It's really about them, isn't it? When you get right down to it. I mean, it it won't be about them when somebody's life is ruined. When somebody has a body that's now neither one nor the other. When they decide, oh, wait a minute, I I wanted to have a family of my own someday, and now I can't. But in this moment, is that what's going on here? Look at me. J.R. Poll, powered by River City Oral Surgery. Do you want Trump to do the GOP primary debates? Yes or no? David is calling in about these moms that were testifying in Louisiana. David, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, so regarding these moms who are testifying about the surgeries that we were told and they swore up and down never happened to minors, um, of course it's about the mothers because no child has any concept of gender outside of what their parents tell them. So all of these people, oh, yes, my two-year-old, my three-year-old is transgender. No, they're not. They don't know anything other than what you've told them. So if they give them... If they teach them and coach them, of course that's what the kid's going to say, because they don't know any better. I, I think it's a case of waiting to hear what you want to hear. Because, as even one of the mothers said, kids go through phases where they imagine yeah. that they are animals, imagine that they are ghosts, imagine that they're you know, cowboys. Be, be, be an you, astronaut, be a doctor, yeah. be a lawyer. You don't like, literally you say, yeah, and you don't say, oh, yes, you are. <laughs> you know? But but I think they. I think for some of these parents, they've been waiting for the moment, and and it's they're going to take whatever they can get to plunge forward yeah. and do what they've known in their mind they were going to do all along. Well, yeah, and, and there very definitely is a social um, credit score associated with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that same thing happens with the uh, autism and uh, the quote-unquote spectrum. Now, I understand, yes, there's obviously a spectrum, but growing up, I actually knew friends or families who had, like, truly autistic children, mm-hmm. and there's there there's a there's a social, you know, credit score that people get now but saying, oh my child is on the well, spectrum I I, see i didn't know i didn't know that I, I didn't know that david but i have heard people try to use like for a kid that just you know hasn't been taught his manners or or isn't behaving yeah sometimes i've heard parents put on their child oh well it's adhd or it's the spectrum i, I don't know if that's been diagnosed and i don't i don't want to sit here and judge people maybe well, it has been but i think sometimes people when, just when apply they, that label 
Let me just finish the sentence, okay? I, I think right. sometimes people apply that label to excuse their own shortcomings in terms of disciplining their kid. Like, well, it's not my fault. He has a condition. So may, maybe it's some of that same thinking, right, where it's out of my hands. Yeah. yeah. But uh, now I was referring to the people who make the pose about, oh, yeah, I had to take my kid to 10 specialists before I could find right. someone who would diagnose his autism that I was convinced he had in my unmedical opinion. It's fascinating to me. I don't know. I only had one kid, and I'm certainly not a parenting expert, but it's fascinating to me. I wanted my daughter to um, be healthy and happy, and thank God she has been. I cannot get inside the head of people who, as David points out, find their identity in the perceived imperfections or real imperfections of of their kid and i've known there's there's all different ways to be a parent i've known parents who had a child with real challenges but they don't talk about it They, they they're private about it and they they deal with it in their own way and time and then there are other people who will sort of make that their what they're known for you know and you can't know them two minutes you can't be on an elevator ride with them without knowing and, and and maybe that's their way of dealing with it, and I'm not judging. But I, I listen to these parents in this in this audio we played for you, and it sounds to me like a it was a foregone conclusion, and b this is like a project for them now. You know, like somebody else might say, "I'm going to fix up this old house." The 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 the, the, the remaking of their kid's gender. Is their is their hobby? It's their project. David is on KTSa. David, good afternoon. Hey, how you doing, Jack? I just wanted to weigh in. I uh, listened to an interview of a whistleblower from a gender clinic. She's a social worker. She's a lesbian married to a transitioned male woman. I don't know whatever it was, but anyway, so she's very much on the left. But she just couldn't do it anymore. And mm-hmm. she's 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 written a book, and she's. Uh, uh, was interviewed, and she uh, two things that uh, she pointed out that I want to mention. One, the clinic banned the use of the phrase, I have a concern about a patient, first of all. Uh, that ought to be <laughs> oh. really alarming. That's a, that's a warning two, sign. Yeah. And number two, she was asked, you know, well, why do you think this is happening? Um, you know, is it is it the social uh, contagion of the kids? And she said, you know... I'm seeing more influence from the parents than from mm-hmm. the kids, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, they asked her why, and she said, well, and she really had to think about it. She said, you know, in order to be a good liberal, a good white liberal, you can't, you know, to be a cisgendered white uh, upper middle class person, you're just not worthy worthy anymore in the mm-hmm. eyes of the intersectional ideology mm-hmm. you're just mm-hmm. you're just at the bottom of the pecking order of human value anymore and it, 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 having a, a a transgender kid gives you status yeah I, I think there could be something to that in the same way that remember for a while there it, it was almost as if every celebrity had to confess to a an addiction or to an unhappy childhood, because it was almost as if you had no gravitas or substance if you exactly. had lived a life that was relatively blessed relatively and, and free of, blessed. you know, Amen. setbacks. Yeah. 
Like you, you didn't deserve your success or your talent because you hadn't struggled. And so they would, they would come up with these, uh, maybe real, but I'm sure sometimes contrived, uh, confessions to Oprah or whoever. David, I think that's a great, uh, observation. I, again, I'm not generalizing about all parents. I, I wouldn't want to do that. I'm not saying that I know more about this than you. I'm telling you how it's hitting me when I hear it. What I'm hearing is I, 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 me, me, me. And it sounds to me like whatever the, the, the ultimate outcome for the kid is, is very incidental to the right now immediacy and excitement. And I've heard people say, and I've, I've taken this as criticism. People have said to me, well, you, you don't understand. No parent wants to go through this with their kid. These people sound like they do. I have to differ with you on that. So for every parent who might be struggling with a child who is struggling, these sound like parents who got the best news of their lives, if they even got it from the kid. So it turns out that the the mayonnaise in the coffee is an outlier because the people that wrote into me, all the stuff they're confessing is very ordinary. Like, I like mustard on sausages. Yeah. I like peanut butter on ice cream. You don't have to confess that. That's... That's okay. That's what I'm hearing. It seems to me like people are trying to top something that just can't, can't. be topped in grossness. Well, and you wouldn't want to, I, as I said to Don earlier, you wouldn't want to admit, if you were doing something weirder than the mayo, you, you're not going to tell a live radio audience that. So No. You know. No, because we know Cooper will put their name out there. No, I, um, <laughs> I re- I'm so old, I remember when, if a politician Christian was accused of doing something illegal or awful, mm-hmm. he would say, hell no, I didn't do that. I No way did I do that. I, remember Nixon, I am not a crook? Well, yeah. Okay. Have you noticed that they don't even deny it anymore? Every time a politician is accused now, it's, this is just a distraction. Mm-hmm. This is just an attempt to deflect from the record of the... So they never really actually say... I no, I didn't do that. Jack, Jack, Jack. They don't need to. Here's the difference. See, back back in the Nick, and this is before my time with Nixon, but the country was generally united back then. We had our differences, I guess, but people generally, you know, Republicans, Democrats, they hung out. You know, families didn't, you know, you know, cancel Thanksgiving because of a tweet, mm-hmm. right? Right. Today, the McGovern you, and the Nixon voters could eat together. You, I would think. Yeah. Today. It's a different climate. So right. when you've got a, you know, alphabet, you know, media that's, that's successfully, for the most part, divided this country along right. such, such a, su- such a sharp line, both right. sides, nobody really knows what's true anymore. That's why I love local news. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know? But I, I get, this is where they're different from us. If you were accused of selling out to the enemy mm-hmm. for for mu- for dirty money, you'd want to make sure people knew you didn't. You're not that kind of person. They don't even bother to deny it. They just tell you we shouldn't be talking about this. That's right, and that's the difference between them and us. You would go out of your way. The average person would go out of his way. I would never. I love my country. I'm a good person. My dog loves me. I wouldn't do. But you know, I care. But but see, politicians they never actually get around to denying it. It's very interesting. So. Yeah, it is. And that's like I said, it's a sign of the times. 
You know, and, and if you know that that half the people know it's true, but the other half knows that or might doubt that, yeah. it's only fifty percent. I, I like your theory, but I think they're just weasels. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think they're so scummy that yeah. that they're they know they're dirty and they can't they can't they can't squeeze the words out of their blubbering lips. I did not do that. I would not do that. It's that would be very easy for me to say. That's impossible for politicians to say. So we're going to talk about it. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Um, I want to thank we, a number of people. Corrected me. It's Munchausen's syndrome by proxy is when you um, inflict or induce illness in another, or simulate it, or fake it to get attention for yourself. And it's Munchausen's if you do it to yourself. And that was the confusion. I, I should have probably researched that before I spouted off, but I was, it, it kind of came to me while we were talking about it that I think that's part of what's going on with some of these people. So we've been talking about the, the Hunter and Joe Biden stories that are breaking today. And, and, and look, it, I don't know, and you don't know, and no one at the moment knows all the facts. Congress is asking the FBI, hey, we think you investigated him when he was vice president for selling out. Did you? And can we see that? So we're going to see where that goes. But but clearly to this point, the agenda has been to protect and preserve Biden as a candidate, Biden as president. And there's not a zeal, there does not seem to be an enthusiasm for either finding out if this is true or finding out if these Republicans, Grassley and Comer and these others, are horrible people who have simply resorted to calling Joe Biden a sellout because they can't beat him. I mean, either way, there's a story. But what we've gotten to this point is is like a gigantic yawn from people who at one time would have felt either pride or a compulsion to just do their jobs. Just, just see where it goes. And, and by the way, again, not to take away from the craft of journalism, but you would have been afraid not to do it because if your competitor at the other newspaper, the other net news network, the other channel got it before you, you were, you were made to answer for that. And many a career ended because somebody got beat on a big story and second place doesn't count. We've gone from that to, we're not talking about that. That's not, that's not, we don't need to delve into that. That's, that's just something that crazies on talk radio and Fox News bring up, but that's not real. Do you know that? Because it sounds like you're just wishing that's true. It doesn't sound like you know that. Like you've examined it completely and thoroughly and here's my report on it. No, you're, they're, they're just dismissing the Joe and Hunter stuff like it's beneath them. What's, I think, most uh, troubling about it isn't the corruption of the Bidens, but the, the revelation of the corruption of our institutions. See, you will always have corrupt politicians. In every system, right, every kind of government, every dictatorship, democracy, what have you, every culture, Um. The only the only protection we had in our system was the fear of getting caught by people who had nothing to lose and everything to gain by exposing you. 
And the, 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 the theory was they looked at all politicians with disdain. They looked at all politicians with suspicion. And if they saw a wisp of smoke, they didn't stop till they found the fire. That's not what's happening now. 50 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. Well, 20 minutes after 6 o'clock on a Wednesday on 550-1071-KTSA. This show is live Monday through Friday from 4 to 7, but you can also get us as a whole episode podcast. I say us. I mean, it's it's me, but us. You know, we have, we have Don and we have Christians. I'll say us. It's not the royal us. That's this weekend. Anyway, you can get us as a full episode podcast. Go to KTSA.com, the on-demand menu, or um, or anywhere you like to get podcasts. Look for the Jack Riccardi Show. Don, have you noticed callers are starting to say you guys when they call into the show? Yep. We had a couple of them that uh, said yeah. you guys. You and guys. I think it's, I'm, partly I think it's wearing Rima, and then partly I think it's because now people hear you and they hear Christian, and you know, which is cool. It's, it is a bunch of guys. Well, as far as the callers is concerned, I'm the first that they speak with. True. So they, they actually do to speak you. to guys, mm-hmm. plural. That's a good. That's a go. good point. There you go. So Joy Reid's show is called what? Ode to Joy or Joy to the World or what is it called? You've seen it. You watch it. What is it called? Nope. Not going to answer me, Don. Okay. Couldn't shut him up a minute ago. Um, I think it's called the Readout, actually. And she's um, she's got a show, so she's on every night. I don't know what possessed her to put on a big, fluffy, terry cloth bathrobe and lean into the camera, filling the entire lens with her face. But she made this this rant video. Just, just take a listen to this, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on here. Cut number 10. Listen, friends, you need to hear me. The Republican Party... Mm at this stage in its development Mm. is at war with the rest of us. They're at war with women and women. If you think they're going to stop with just outlawing the abortion pill, Mm -mm. you got another thing coming. Yeah. When they're done getting a national ban on abortion, which is what they're going for, Mm. they're coming for your birth control. And when they're done with that, they're going to move on to LGBTQ rights. They're coming for gay marriage. Don't think that you, if you're LGBTQ, but you're rich and affluent and Republican, Mm. that you're safe because they're coming for your rights too. Mm. They're coming for all non-white immigration because look, if they can force American women to listen to this, who needs immigration? Hold on, hold on. So I want to explain this. Her theory about why Republicans oppose abortion is that they want to, that will force white women to have babies and we won't need immigrants. I I can see why she didn't say this on MSNBC. I'm not even sure they would let her say this on MSNBC. I mean, this is some Olympic level cray cray right here. So, the 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 restriction of abortion will automatically make baby mills out of women and girls. All right, continue, Joy. They're coming for all non-white immigration because, look, if they can force American women to give birth, who needs immigration? They'll just replenish the impoverished, desperate workforce 
with poor people, they force American women and girls, little girls, teenage girls, and younger mm. to make. They're coming for workers' rights because mm. once they have their population of low wage workers, why give them any rights? Why give them mm. the right to unionize? No. Why give them any rights at all? Give them low wages and then give them nothing else. Okay. What They're else are the Republicans doing, Joy? Because the last thing you want is an educated workforce. Oh, yeah. Are educated people who know history and know enough about history to see what they're doing. We'll keep them dumb and pregnant. They're coming for your books. They're coming for black history. They're coming for Holocaust history. Mm. They're coming for the history of all non-white people and they're going to erase it from our schools. Mm -hmm. And one thing that they will never do is protect a single child from getting mm. slaughtered in school. So she goes on and on like this, and um, I, I, I will tell you, I'm not going to subject you to the whole seven minutes of it. I, I went through the whole seven minutes of it. I, I, you, you feel dumber at the end of it. But it's, a, it's, a, it's an indictment. For, and by the way, I have to say, Republicans have some kind of energy because they're doing a lot. Don't ever let anyone tell you they're not doing anything. They've got a plan for ever. According to Joy... They're coming for everybody. They got a plan for everybody. They're going to ruin everybody. And they're very busy people. They have not been telling us all the stuff they're going to do. She knows. I don't know how she knows. Because Joy doesn't seem like somebody that would know a lot of actual Republicans. But she knows all the things that they're up to. And it's chilling. And it's detailed. And they are busy. And what else, Joy? You think they're going to stop with what they did in Tennessee? Florida Republicans are already studying that and saying we can do the same thing. You think they're mm. going to stop by just evicting troublemaking black lawmakers in mm. one state? Anyone who displeases they tried to them evict a white lawmaker too. So if you don't comply, Must have been they'll just state. throw you out of your state house. Yeah. They want one-party state. Mm -hmm. They're coming for our literal freedom. Literal. Our freedom of movement. This law that says that in Idaho you can't leave your state to get abortion care. Well, I mean, what will it matter now once they make the pill illegal everywhere? They're coming for blue states. They don't care if you live in a state where you have liberal government and where you have a liberal population. They sure don't care about that in Nashville. Yeah, how are they going to do? How are they going to do that? Like. Like, I understand she's describing the hellish dystopia of red states, but then how how are Republicans going to do that in the blue states? She never really explains, but we just need to take her word as a woman wearing a towel. She knows. Okay, can you can play some more. And now I want to really talk with my white sisters. Mm, okay. Because you all I'm gonna are listen still in on this. 60 40 for them. Yeah. You're still letting them control you and your body in states. Hold on, hold on. What? Why is it not possible that when women vote in a way that you disagree with, that's just their choice? How come when women don't do what the left wants them to do, they're they're being controlled? They're they're not the authors. Of, you know, it's I am woman, hear me roar. Until they do what you disagree with, they, they feel this way about black people, too. If you don't do what they expected you to do, then people like Joy Reid can't imagine that was voluntary and, and 
self-induced or self, uh, you know, inspired. You are a tool, as she sees it. Continue. If they don't start losing elections, and I mean everywhere, from dog catcher to state house to state senate to school board to Congress to the presidency, mm-hmm. until they lose mm-hmm. all of it, all of it, and they are stripped of power, they're never going to moderate. But if they lose, yes. if you are a Republican and you care about your party, the only solution to their extremism <laughs> is for them to lose. <laughs> I mean, at this point, how could there be any Republicans still listening, right? But she's like several minutes in. She's like, now, some advice for you Republicans. Moderate and save your party. She doesn't really explain what that means, but it sounds like it means just agree with us, only call yourselves Republicans. Anyway, she goes on like this. I I, I can't tell if she's sort of come unraveled or if this is just like content that, that even MSNBC would not allow her to to air it it looks very spontaneous she's you know not made up for television she's got her pink terry cloth bathrobe on or a towel or something and um it's almost like while she was in the shower these ideas came to her and so she decided to uh to make this uh this video she's just like this giant angry head (laughs) talking about the republicans and um I have to say, I, I it made me realize I have not given the Republicans enough credit. You you guys are super busy. You have a lot of very specific plans. I did not know that. I I just thought you were against abortion and women. I I, I did not know all the stuff you were coming for. I didn't know the 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 breadth and the details of your plans. And it's exhausting. I don't know where you find the time to sleep and eat because you're coming, coming, coming for everybody and everything. And it's going to be very time-consuming. Um, and the only hope we have is that you just lose everything and moderate. So, which I think means, in in the in the vernacular of Joy Reid, moderate is what Republicans do after they've passed away. Like John McCain is now moderate, and you know the, the George Bush forty-one is now moderate. So if you if you die or if you lose, not counting Trump. Like Mitt Romney, now he's moderate. Remember when he was worse than Hitler and he put his dog on the roof? And people like Joy Reid at one time could not find the the words low enough to describe these people. But now these are the moderates because they lost. Uh, I, and so I, I think she's just I think she's just saying be like the losers. I learned something listening to uh, that soundbite though is that I is that I always assumed that the Republican Party were the fear mongers. Oh right, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I like I, I like the whole way that she breaks it down. Now I'm talking to women of color. Now I'm talking to my white sisters. Now I'm talking to the, like, do, are people leaving the room at that point? Oh wait, we got to go. She's not talking to us anymore. Next shift. It's like she imagines groups of people coming and going from the video. I, it's very weird. I, I don't have a television show. So the station says, we want you to make these Fakakta videos, which I hate making and I think are awful looking and I don't pretend they're good, but I make them because they were supposed to do that and it's content for the website. But if I had a television show, wouldn't I just say the stuff I think on the television show? Like I wouldn't get out of the shower and go, let me wrap a towel around myself and, and, and explain the world into my makeup mirror. But, but apparently that's what this is. And it makes perfect sense that, that they took Tucker Carlson off the air 
but they left Joy Reid. Let, let's on hope the, the let's hope the British woman who was bashing the neighbor's daughter that was wearing pink. Mm. If, if she saw the video, because it is I a think Joy Reid, yeah. yeah, she's yeah. wearing pink. So give her credit. Um, yeah, she needs to ring Joy Reid's doorbell or not. going to find out how you voted in the JR poll in a few minutes. JR poll results powered by River City Oral Surgery. We've got the Jack Chat line. It's always open. 210-599-5550. It's the it's the phone line that never sleeps. And you can leave comments about stuff we've talked about, uh stuff I've said, stuff other people said. Maybe you thought about it hours after the show or maybe you were listening to the podcast at some other time, and you weren't able to call in live, 210-599-5550. Let's check the Jack Chat line. Hey, Jack. Uh, it's Tom. I'm from San Antonio. Um, just listening to you talking about weird combinations. Um, I like to get a bowl of really good salty bacony pinto beans and put a slice of chocolate chocolate icing cake right on the top of it. The what? salt and sweet is amazing. <laughs> what? <laughs> My wife thinks I'm crazy. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. I'm with your wife, Tom. Uh I don't I'm not I'm not uh not feeling that. Like you know what? If that's true, I you don't have to share that with me. I'll be good with that. A lot of people wrote in with stuff that was really not too you know uh, somebody wrote in about peanut butter and marshmallow fluff sandwiches. That's literally on the jar. That That is what marshmallow fluff is, is recommended for on the jar that it comes in. So that's not too crazy. Um, mentioned uh, A couple of people mentioned that they've tried honey and coffee, and it was good. Uh, peanut butter on donuts. Got one of those. Uh, you know, those aren't too bad. That's, that's, none of this uh, approaches mayonnaise. In coffee, I don't think. All right, what's next? Hi, Jack. This is Craig in Pipe Creek uh, calling about the uh, Republican debates and if Trump should be in. First off, I don't think this country's really had a serious debate since Lincoln Douglas. And these so called debates, let's be honest, they're really just glorified press conferences. Yeah. And sadly, to a large extent, the RNC is fishing for the best non-Trump candidate that they can, and so I really don't think Trump should participate in the beginning and let the minor players duke it out for a while and see who's emerging and take him on the merits. And if they could really have an honest debate where debate happened and not just press people asking questions, I think it would be more beneficial and more interesting, but I'm not sure that's going to happen, but I can hope. Anyway, that's my comment. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jack. All right. Uh, yeah, good point about real debates versus what we call debates. Uh, next on the Jack Chat line. Hi, this is Scott uh, calling from Cibolo. And I was calling about your weird uh, food thing. Uh, I used to stay with my grandfather for grandparents for a week, and my granddad, who grew up 
during the Depression yeah. used to feed me butter and onion sandwiches. Hmm. And they're actually pretty good. Thank you. I, I could see that. I mean, I, I would have liked to have known, like, did, were they cooked onions or, like, mm-hmm. raw? What do you think? I, I, I could picture, would, like, you fry up some onions. Mm-hmm. You put some butter on the bread. I can see look, maybe a grilled grilled sandwich that way. Yeah. You know, grilled bread oh, yeah. with some yeah, cheese, maybe Swiss cheese or something. You know, Texas toast, you can put a lot of things between Texas toast. It's pretty damn good. Even fluff. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I thought it was hilarious, though, that, that people were confessing stuff that's, like, not really that... It's really like not not nothing you have to confess. Like mayonnaise and coffee is like we need to have a conversation. But like, you like peanut butter on, you know, ice cream, or you like mustard on your sandwich. No, that's you're okay. You're good. We're good. We're not gonna. We'd still draft you to play in the NFL. Um, we're still wondering about this uh, lady in England. Uh, I want to play this again. So this this video has gone viral, and um, this guy opens his door. He's a young man. He's got a little girl. And there's a woman standing there. She looks to be middle-aged. Um, they apparently don't know each other. If this is real, they don't, they don't know each other. And she is proceeding to grill him. I think it's a clever sort of parody of the moment that we're in. But see what you think if this is real. Cut number 11. So you come to my house to complain about my baby wearing pink? I was just asking, really, why you keep putting her in pink and not other colours? Well, traditionally, girls often wear pink. Well, I think you'll find that was back in the day. I don't think it's today. I think you can wear any colour you want now. Well, well no, you can. She she uh, just she uh, doesn't just she ha- she she has other like clothes as well, but her favourite colour is pink. Well, I've only ever seen her in pink, and I think that's. Not allowing her to have freedom of what, what gender she wants to be. But she, freedom. Well, she be she's like, a baby. She's a baby. <laughs> she's a baby. She's two. <laughs> she looks a lot older than that to me. She looks older. Well, hold me here. What's any of your concern? Well, it's my concern because I believe that the world has got better since we've got all this fluidity with genders and okay. different types of genders now. Okay. And I think by dressing someone in pink... If, if she doesn't want to be a girl when she's older, she wants to be a tra- or transgender or whatever, then she'll have been dressed in pink and you would have confused her. So I think it's nicer to dress people in all different colors. It can't I mean, be real, right? It yeah. can't be. It can't be real. But it doesn't even make sense because if you believe that kids are gender fluid, her wearing pink wouldn't make any difference. You know, the, the, that, that concept is that it's in you. And you, it can't, nothing can dissuade you. So I, I, I think it's, I think it's a very well done parody. Um, I, I don't think it's real, but I do think it's really funny and really well done. And just some of the way she talks, it doesn't sound ad libbed, you know, it doesn't sound natural. Plus, who stands at their door? Well, first of all, who walks up to strangers and talks to them like this? And then who who would stand at their door? I wouldn't talk to a stranger at my door this long, no matter what the the rationale was. This would, this would be the all time record for the longest front door conversation I'd ever had. It goes on for like it's not for like two and a half minutes, you know. Then if it's like you know if they're selling something or trying to get you to sign a petition, you're either going to do it or you're not, and you're done. Yeah, I think, um, I think you're onto something because I, you would you would have thought that he would have just said, you know what, get lost. 
I'm yeah. getting uh, yeah. You're getting a whole face full of my door uh, if that's me, and maybe a couple of words that we can't say on the radio. But uh, it's also very creepy if somebody's watching your kid to the extent of I've been noticing how you dress her. Hello, that's creepy. Can we play the audio where you calls out her uh, the color of her? Glasses? Yeah, at the end of the conversation, um, he tries to get her back by saying, well, aren't you wearing pink glasses? Listen to this. I definitely like the rainbows on her trousers. Now, that's good. Okay. But, okay. You know, okay. Firstly, yeah, you're wearing pink glasses, okay? Yeah. I think you'll find these are mauve. Are you colorblind? Mauve. These are mauve. Oh, mauve. mauve. I thought it was mauve, but I, I'm going to start saying mauve from now on. I'm going to be very British from now on because the coronation is this weekend. You know how excited I am about that. I'll be. Don, you're coming over, right? Of course, and I'm bringing Bud Light. Party. You bring <laughs> Bud Light. Bring some, bring some mayonnaise for the coffee. I, I don't know what time the coronation is, but I will be busy then. I, I couldn't be less interested in this. I, I, n- nothing against the British people. They're wonderful people, but I, I cannot. Every time I turn around, there's a promo. All the channels are going to cover it. Live coverage, hours of coverage. I gave these, I gave this royal family my attention uh, back when Charles married Diana. I watched that because I was young and dumb, and it was interesting to me, and I had kind of a crush on her. I'm really over these people and their drama, and I get it. He's the king. I, you can have him, you know. Uh, he, he seems perfectly suited. If you think about his politics, he's a big greenie and a big lib, and he's, like, perfect for them. This, this would be like if Al Gore was your king, you know, basically. So, you know, more power to him. Uh, we'll see if this uh, monarchy is resilient enough to withstand uh, the drag that I think he will be on it. But uh, no, I'm not, not, too, not too interested in that. I, I probably shouldn't have said all that because I don't know if the station's planning on covering it, but I won't... Uh, I don't think I'll be invited to be part of that coverage. So We had so many great emails and comments about the Gordon Lightfoot stuff. I mean, I, I'm, obviously, we're very sorry that he passed away, but one of the really interesting things about yesterday was hearing from people, and I'm thinking of a couple of guys in particular who sounded, you know, young to middle age, and said to me, you'll love this, Don, uh, said to me, um, hey, I'm going to start listening. I'm going to start pulling up mm-hmm. these songs because I'd never heard of him. Or, or I maybe I, I recognized one of those songs, but I didn't know who it was, and you played it, and you said it was. So there were people discovering his music yeah. yesterday, which is, you know, obviously we, we wish he could live for another 85 years, but how cool is it that even on the day of his passing, new fans, new discovery, new enjoyment, mm-hmm. Of his music, that's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, we talked about that off the air. That it's yeah. you know it's, it's yeah. sad when we lose someone of his caliber, but at the same time, you know he's kind of been lost in the weeds as far as his yes. music is concerned. Yeah. But then when someone passes, like you know, uh, an entertainer, you know, movies or what television, it it, it is like um, yeah, it's like a new yeah, we get to it's like a new beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, I'm sure not just this show, but in all the places he was being eulogized and and, uh, all the great things people in the music business were saying about him. And we always forget about the the, uh, collection of music that he recorded as well. Yes, yeah. 
Well, and that's the good part about digital, the digital world, is that now that people can... See, like, when radio determined what you could hear, there were only two or three songs that, that Gordon Lightfoot ever put out that were regularly played on the radio, if we're going to be honest, right? Maybe, maybe four songs. Now, if you decide you like this guy, you're building out your playlist, and you could listen to 90 Gordon Lightfoot songs. I think that's a great thing. Um, so on the poll, do you want Trump to do the GOP primary debates? It looks like he'll skip the early ones, and there are some who believe he shouldn't do any of them. Uh, 81% say yes, he should be in the debates. They want him in the debates. 19% say no, and I'm going to again say I think he will be in them because if he's not, he'll be watching them, and he'll be hearing people talk, and they won't be talking about him. And he'll get in his car and drive down to the studio. I mean, he's got to be there. I don't care what the thinking is now. I don't care what the rumors are now. He has to be in those debates. And I think he will be. Uh, And I I get the argument that he's way way ahead and that sometimes you risk a lot by doing the debates when you're already ahead. But you can't, you can't, it's not like a football game where you can run out the clock because you have a big score. You got to keep playing. So Uh, tomorrow we'll have a new JR poll, which you can find. Anytime at KTSA.com, or we'll have a new question at 4 o'clock. And, yeah, new show tomorrow at 4. But remember, we have full episode podcasts of this show uh, and each day's show available at KTSA.com. Go to the on-demand menu, pull it down, or you can find The Jack Riccardi Show other places you get your other podcasts. We will uh, have the least coverage of the coronation that is possible anywhere. I can promise you less on that than anybody But other stuff, for sure. See you back here tomorrow at 4.